Hello and welcome to another episode of the FPL Amateurs of Oz podcast. Joining me tonight is D10 Football from Grass FC and our Spurs trooper Matt Day. How are you, fellas? Yeah, good to good to be on cue. Um, I've not been too good in the last week. I've had uh, COVID, um, so not been feeling uh, too well. I'm on the mend now, but um, you know I think COVID and, and the way I've been feeling sums up game week 23, which you know I know we'll talk about it in a bit more detail later. But it was a um, it was a horror week, and it was. Uh, I'm glad it's done. Yeah, no, that's right. Pretty much, if uh, if a game week was COVID, it was just the one that's just passed. <laughs> what did you think of the week, D10? Yeah, it was um, it was interesting to say the least. I mean, I was lucky. I only had Dennis. Um, we spoke a little bit before the podcast. This week, I um, I did take a hit. I brought in Foden. I thought it was going to bode well, but. Yeah, as everyone found out, there was just like a series of twos and uh, and ones. Oh, I had one one three from Coutinho, so he razzled his way to the uh, to the top of the pickings this week. Um, but yeah, lucky lucky I only had Dennis, mate. Lucky I didn't bring in the three strikers or even um, you know take a hit to bring in Dennis or anything like that. Um, I didn't captain him either. So, but yeah, a very very uh, average game week, average for everyone. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, I might get into my team while we're talking about average. Um, I finished the week on <laughs> finished the week on twenty five points with my bench outscoring me by two points. So I had pretty much Tioni nice. is the only player that scored me points, which is eight points, and then a lot of twos, and then a minus one from Dennis, and then sort of my bench of Gun, Dallo, Sifau, and Brownhill outscored the rest of my team. So. You know, it was a horrible week, to be honest. But, you know, just um, it was probably good there was a bit of a space. I didn't have to watch football because I didn't really want to watch any more games of how my team was going, to be honest. But, yeah, I finished the week. I sort of was sitting about 3K before the week started. and I've only dropped to just a bit over 5K. So not that bad. Everyone around me pretty much sucked as well. So it was it was good to see. And I was death rotting <laughs> King because I know that there's a few people near me that had King. So, you know. It was a bit of a celebratory uh, end to the game week for me. How'd you go, Matt? I've ended up getting 36 points, and I've just realised it's a point above the average of 35, but I'm technically only on 32 because I did take a minus four. So I um, I bring in uh, Cancelo, finally bring him in. I know he only got two points, but he needed to come in for this run. He was kind of someone that's kind of planning for the future. Um, but by doing that, I did take out Rudiger, who got seven points. Um, so I did kind of lose out, but Rudiger is going to be away. Um, and then I bring in uh, Turney from uh, from Arsenal as well. He got eight points. So he come in for Dawson. Um, so I gained there because Dawson only got one point. Um, so I was happy with, with that transfer. Plus, Turney's just been given a double game week. So, um, you know, that transfer has actually worked out quite well. Um, but I did, as a result of those transfers, I left Williams on the bench from Norwich. You got seven points. So could have had a few points more, but overall, 36 points, 32 with the hit. I'll, I'll take that, given the way this, this game week went, to be honest. Yeah, no, I did you get? Did. did you get Green Arrow, Matt? I didn't. I had a, had a slight red. Ah, um, if okay. I didn't make the transfers, just left, rolled, kept Rudiger, um, had Williams mm. in there, I reckon I'd have had a slight green. I would have moved up a couple of thousand places. But, yeah. you know, I've bring these transfers in and I think these transfers are transfers I need for these next few weeks anyway. Cancelo, 
um, Tierney. So um, it could work out quite well, but I've got a slight red arrow uh, down to about 150k. Um, I was about 142 before. Um, but, you know, still uh, still progress in terms of my, my rank where it was a month ago to, to now. Um, but, um, yeah, slight red arrow, but it, it could have been worse. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll take that on this, yeah, this shocking game week. Well, lucky you'll get a green arrow this week, mate. So um, strap yourself <laughs> in for the ride, mate. How'd you go, oh, DJ? Mate, I don't, you know, being on this podcast, it definitely doesn't guarantee you a green it. Arrow, you know. We, Sorry, we, mate, we won't, just have to cut that out. Hold on. Um, yeah, yeah, we won't talk about that. Huh? <laughs> that that hit me right in the in the chest when you said that. I was like, oh look, you know, it's not a guarantee, is it? <laughs> um, this week, uh, obviously, the average thirty five. I finished on twenty seven, but I took a hit, so twenty three points. My biggest scorer was Ramsdale with eight. He kind of saved me a bit. Um, I had Rafinha as captain, watching the game back. I don't know how he didn't get any points. Yeah, that was um, pretty unlucky, to be honest. Same with St. Maximin. I don't know how he didn't get any points. St. Maximin on one, Watkins on two. Yeah, Ramsdale was the biggest biggest scorer with eight. Um, I actually brought Foden in for Salah. So I took Salah out. I've got five mil in the bank at the moment, and I'm just thinking about what to do this next game week. Um so I think I might just actually just roll the transfer because as as we've said, I shouldn't say as we've said, as I've said <laughs> this week, I really don't think uh, Salah is going to be playing um, too, well, at all really in this next game week considering um, he went the distance in the AFCON recently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, a pretty disappointing week. I'm down to 548k. Overall, uh, I kicked off the week. I think I was at four. I think I was at four sixty, and prior to that, I had a a good week. Prior to that, I was at three eighty. So I've kind of slipped and slipped. Um, though I've still got all my chips. So I've got like salt and vinegar, cheese and onion. <laughs> um, you know, no, they're all still sitting there. I've got two free hits. I've got my wild card. I've got my bench boost, and I've got a triple captain, which I think is very funny. Right, I went and had a look at the highest score this week. Uh, which was 107 points, and the guy captain Nick Pope, he got 38 <laughs> points captaining That's Nick disgusting. Pope. That's who would so, do that? You know, it's got to be a zombie it's a, team. It's got to be a zombie team. <laughs> it's it's very the, interesting. It's straight off the spaceship, mate. Yeah, that's it, man. Straight off the spaceship. Like that's that's a Razzler pick and a half, you know. <laughs> so Nick Pope, very Nick good Pope goalkeeper. Ten points for every step over. Yeah, he did one of those keeper Cruyff turns. You know, when they fake to kick it long and the striker jumps. <laughs> That's an extra three, that one. There's some BPs. Um, yeah, but man, 27 points this week. So, oh, sorry, 23, should I, with a negative four. Uh, so, yeah, really looking forward to moving uh, into game week 24. No, definitely. Well, I don't know if I've pointed it out, but in the fine print on our podcast, it's uh, there's a quote <laughs> um, there that says, um, Green Arrow is guaranteed 60% of the time every time. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a good quote, though. Yeah, no, a good movie, too. Didn't get it from the movie, copyright, so... No, not at all. It's, that's completely different. I think that's about some kind of... Um, uh, what's it called? Sex Panther. Panther. That's it, yeah, cologne. Yeah, that's about that. Yeah, it's completely different. Now, head over to our podcast store and uh, pick up your sample of Sex Panther. <laughs> hey, <Okay>, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we might head on to... 
because we covered most of this in our last pod, we'll just head straight to the questions. So, all right, cool. First question uh, we had is the clean sheet use um, used to be. Is it easier to predict now than it used to be? Um, Ooh, in my opinion, Matty, you go first. Or yeah, yeah, go actually, on, you Matt, yeah no, this yeah, one um, is such an interesting one, right? And I think was that the with that question was was that where he was saying it, it used to be a lot easier to predict the clean sheet than now? Is that what he was saying? Yeah, so it's like do you just hit and hope? Yeah, see, like I feel like it's actually easier now to predict a clean sheet than what it used to be. I feel like now there's certain teams that you can you can predict are going to keep a clean sheet. You look at Manchester City's uh, defence and the amount of clean sheets they've kept. There's there's a number of fixtures with them where you can actually make a calculated move and like, there's nothing guaranteed. Um, you know, I'm an, you know me, I'm an eye test sort of player. I play by the eye test, but there is um, you know, from watching Man City play, you know, and, and how many clean sheets they keep. Like I look at it and think, now you can see them. You know, they're going to keep clean sheets. Liverpool are going to keep clean sheets. Um, you know, we've seen Arsenal keep a lot of clean sheets at home um, against certain teams, um, depending on where they're positioned. So I actually feel um, you can. Like, there's nothing guaranteed, but I feel like you can. Um, you know, potentially pick clean sheets more now than what you might have been able to do, um, you know, 20 years ago. Because um, there's a level of team in that sort of top two and three of, of the Premier League at the moment that are just that bit further ahead than everyone else. Man City, Liverpool, um, you know, Chelsea. I know they've not kept clean sheets. I know they did in the last game, but they, they hadn't kept many clean sheets for a couple of months. But, you know, they went on a long run of keeping clean sheets. So I feel like you can this season... Um, there's particular teams you can pick and then they'll keep clean sheets. Um, Liverpool are another one. We've seen it with Trent um, yep. and, and Robertson. So I um, actually think, yeah, if you, you can you can put your, your money into City, you can put your money into Liverpool uh, defenders and you can pretty much buy clean sheets. And then we've seen it with Ramsdale this season uh, when Arsenal have a home game against the likes, uh, the low-scoring teams. So teams like... Um, you know, I think Southampton, they got a clean sheet uh, at home with a, with a load of points when they played Burnley a few weeks ago. Ramsey got a ton of points. Um, so I think, yeah, I think, you know, with that question, I think you can pick particular teams and fixtures where, you know, okay, not a guarantee, but there's a, a high chance of a clean sheet. Yeah, and also, I agree fully with what you just said there. And also, in regards to even defensive players now, they're becoming more attacking, so... Whenever your plays are getting those clean sheets and you are targeting likes of like Trent Alexander Arnold and Cancelo, you're getting the attacking return on top of the clean sheets as well, which is I haven't I've noticed in previous seasons been maybe a few players that do it, but this season it seems to be more and more players that are sort of getting those attacking returns on top of the clean sheets. So yeah, like some of those right. plays you can kinda target as well and like uh, Kuka Razzler from Brighton. Um, when they're at, when they're at home, you and they're against a team that doesn't score well. You can almost predict that they're going to keep a clean sheet, and then also you're also getting. Uh, sorry, you're also getting the attacking returns on top. But and I think as well, like years ago in FPL, you would be picking players just for six points. So like yeah. you'd pick defenders for a clean sheet. Um, and it was hard to get them. And defenders were a lot cheaper. Defenders were like, you know, there was a lot of four and a half million player defenders, five million. Like it was, it was very rare you'd have 
a defender that was like six million, and if they were, they were normally you know top top defenders. Whereas now you've got quite a few players now above you know in high price ranges, six and a half million. Uh, Trent now has gone up to you know, eight point something million. Robertson seven million. Cancelo seven million. Um, because now you're buying clean sheets and attacking returns. So um, yeah, the defenders have definitely changed in the game. Um, but I definitely. Yeah, I think clean sheets, you can still, you know, you can find teams that will keep a lot of clean sheets. I don't think it's too unpredictable because we've seen the stats and, the, you know, we've seen it with our own eyes. You know, it's there. Teams like Man City and Liverpool have been keeping just a stack of clean sheets this season. Yeah, no, definitely. What about you, D10? I think it's one of the easiest things to pick because you have the goals for and against. And, um, you know, it's, it's you always look at uh, even... Uh, previous seasons where it was like um, Liverpool and and Man City and Allison and Edison were vying for the um, I think it was the Golden Glove and they uh, you know Allison had faced more shots Edison had faced less so w- with these kind of stats I suppose the point I'm trying to make is that um, you know that that predictability of the clean sheet is more more probable. Um, but then again, like even look at last week, you know, all the clean sheets in the mud. So you can never really, um, you can never really say, Hey, this is, this is guaranteed. This is sure. You know, that's the beauty of the sport and that's, that's the beauty of grass FC as well. Um, <laughs> and, uh, onto the, we were talking about the defenders getting the, the attacking returns. I think we spoke about this in the, in the, the pod that, that you and I did with the evolution of the game. And the formations now, the three four three, three five two. They're probably the two easiest to talk about. Otherwise, you start getting just too technical, and we really don't need to in just talking about clean sheets and defending assets. But <laughs> you've got Creswell, Luke, Lucas Digne, um, Trippier, Trent Alexander Arnold, um, James, Alonso, Cancelo, uh, Zinchenko at times. Kyle Walker, like there is just so many good choices, left back, right back, obviously Kukurea, um, that now because of the formations they play, because of trying to get the ball possession overloads on the ball side, they always bring the left back or right back into those attacking positions. And they're not playing as left and right backs. They're like left wing backs, right wing backs. Sometimes they overlap the right the right winger or the left winger. You know, we see Manchester City do it all the time. So I think that's, you know, what's changed the price of the players. That's obviously where you get those different returns. Um, yeah, very, very different from, I know Matt said 20 years ago, but 20 years ago, you know, like Gary Neville, if you were to have him right back, you, you hope that Man United get a clean sheet. Otherwise, there's no other points there. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, like people, like, literally, and that's no disrespect, like like there was right backs and there was left backs. That was it. Yeah. You know, it, it very rarely happened. Yeah. You didn't really, probably the, I guess a player, I'm not sure Did how I miss far someone? goes back, but Raphael that used to play for United was probably the first attacking fullback that I'd seen from Man United in recent years, but you yeah, know, what, only what, 31. So. Oh, from Man United, yeah, fair enough. Oh, what about Carlos Alberto? That's no, 1970. They probably didn't have FPL then. <laughs> you know? 
They're probably struggling to have color TV back then, mate. But um, mate, we'll get on to the. Seen, you haven't seen the 1970 World Cup in color? Come on, man. No, nah, mate. I haven't hey? seen any games of the 1970 World Cup. I didn't start watching football till I was till 1998. Yeah, fair enough. That, that was a good World Cup as well. Yeah, yeah no, I used to smash the World Cup game out after I watched. Cafu. Yeah, oh, did you did yeah, you play on PS4? Yeah. Cafu and who else was it? Rivaldo. Um, yep. Yeah, mate. It Ronaldo. Was a, yeah, it was a great game, mate. I, I smashed that out. So that's that's where I first started watching football was that year. So Decent, man. 98. I could talk about 98 for hours. That's a different podcast. Better move <laughs> on. Well, we might get on to the next question, which is I only have two forwards for game week 24. Who do I start, Dennis or King? Um, I might say King because I know I mentioned to you guys recently where there was that big talk about analytics FC versus grass FC and King was <laughs> analytics FC and Dennis was grass FC. But lately, like even the first game of game week 23, I thought King looked a lot better than Dennis before. Obviously Dennis got sent off. So I think lately King's been moving towards grass FC. So if I was just to simply pick a player by how he looks, the positioning compared to how Dennis has looked, I'd probably go with King, but you guys might have a different opinion. What about you, Matt? I'm a King owner and (laughs) I can't pick King because I've owned King, right? These are the games I've owned King. So I first owned King. um, It was, must have been, he got this Brentford well, it was Brentford Watford, and he got two points, and then he got five points against West Ham the week after. Two points the week after, two points the week after, and then in this double game week, King got two points and one point. And Dennis, in that time, although he just got this minus one, he's had a couple of games one game where he got nine points against Brentford and seven mm. points against West Ham. And I look at it and I think, if I'm actually. Even from what I've seen, every time I watch King, I just feel like he's tracking back. You know, he's never actually up front. Every time I watch him, it's like he's on the left wing or he's on the right wing or he's in his own half. Um, and, like, I still look back, regardless of this uh, this really woeful Dennis captain that everyone sort of got, got onto this game week, I still look back at it and think, if I go back to that game where Watford played Brentford and it was between King and Dennis... Who would I pick? I still, I picked King. I would actually change my decision now to Dennis because he's actually scored more points than him still in the last six or seven fixtures, regardless of the red card. And um, I've just had no joy owning King. Whereas if I'd had Dennis, I would have at least had a couple of goals and some bonus. I still think Dennis who's on eight goals in the Premier League so far. I know King's on five, so he's not far behind, but I just think, uh, Dennis has just outperformed him this season and I've not seen anything from Josh King in the last six games or so to sort of say start him over Dennis you know I still think Dennis slightly edges it Um, there's not much in it they're both Watford strikers like Watford don't score many goals Um, I don't like I'm not like the way Watford have looked uh, this season in most of their games have been pretty poor so I think Dennis edges it Um, and I'm a king owner, but 
Oh, yeah, I'm just sick of owning him. I'm, so, I'm, sick, I'm sick of both of these Watford strikers, to be honest. <laughs> but Dennis, has been, Dennis has been brilliant. If you own Dennis from the start, up until this red card, he's actually been so good value for money. He's still... He's yeah, um, been great. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. And he's still like... And I've not owned him once. And if you look at... Um, if you actually look at his, uh, you know, his current total score, he's still the second highest uh, striker. So for me, like Dennis, yeah. Dennis edges him. No, it's I, I'm the same. I've been on him for a while, so I can't complain too much. But the last two games that they've both played, it's almost like watching two 500-pound blokes in a running race. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. <laughs> what an analogy. <laughs> but uh, what about you, D10? Yes, I am a Dennis owner. Um, I was going to highlight the fact that he is the second highest scoring forward in the game. Hey, Ronaldo is the third highest scoring forward in the game. That's it, mate. He's he, back. He is two points above St. Maximin. Because uh, St. Maximin was up there. I think he was the highest at one stage. A highest at the moment is Antonio. But look, Dennis is second. We're talking about Dennis. I just found it surprising that Ronaldo's up there, considering he hasn't played for like the last three weeks. Um, <laughs> with, uh, with Dennis and King, um, what everything that Matt says it was, it was exactly what I was going to say. Um, I brought Dennis in because of his points, because of the goals he was scoring. Um, but now... Like, if I was to answer this question, if someone asked me this question and said, what do you reckon I should do? I'd say, mate, take a hit and get one of them out and get someone else in. That's what I would say. Like, I think the negative four to bring in maybe even Mope, you know, who, who have they got next uh, next game? They've got fixture. Watford. They're playing Watford. No. Yeah, right. No, no, they're so, not. Brian don't have a game. Yeah, they got Watford. Yeah, that's right. They got Watford in, 24, in 25. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're not they're not playing next yeah. game week. They're not playing twenty four. No, Kuka yeah. Razzler needs a rest, mate. Oh man, <laughs> then just hey, just sit just sit it out. That's it, you know. Or try and play a four five one. <laughs> you know, that's it, and just put one of them. Because honestly, it's like it's just difficult to watch Watford at the moment. Um, yeah. Well, from where really... they looked, probably three yeah. weeks ago, everyone was kind of like, "Oh, this double game week, mate. I'm I'm getting in old bloody." Uh, John John Smith from friggin' Watford because they got a double game week and then yeah people were bringing in the Watford kit man you know like it, was, it was it was like that you know he's going to carry the drink bottles on at half time he's getting bonus points you know things like that it was just ridiculous like honestly Watford were doing really well and I think they they had some they had some results that were like upsets weren't they like it was a big result um, who who did they beat ah uh, United who... was it yeah, yeah United, four one four one was it. Oh, yeah. something like that. I can't remember. Don't remember it too much. But... Yeah, eradicate that from the memory, definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you know, like Watford, they were actually cruising. And then, who knows, mate, dilly ding, dilly dong, and that was it, wasn't it? Like, it's just, well, like, I actually can't believe we were watching that game and I saw Dennis get sent off and I was like, oh, well, look, you know, I didn't captain him and it's just one player. And then I was watching all the rest of the games. I'm like, yeah, mate, I might just turn the TV off for two weeks. <laughs> well, I don't, I, I don't like analytics, but I might just give you some stats here. King here is go. creating more chances than Dennis, but then Dennis provides more threat. And then I was Dennis, say, also, Dennis, well, that makes sense, right? Because Dennis is in the box, mate. Yeah. So and Dennis like has King's, got King's bonus always points this year okay. Well, King's always dropping King's off. Five. I tell you where they went wrong. I tell you where they went wrong, mate. 
bringing Joao Pedro in to play with the both of them just isn't working. It just isn't working. There's, there's times no. if you go back and watch the Watford games, right, you could probably make a nice little compilation, a little highlights package of passes that Joao Pedro should have made. Like I'm talking about sweaties where it would have been a tap-in. Um, there was even moments where um, Dennis took the ball, squared it to Sissoko. I think it was against Newcastle. Yeah, and he just blazed that. away. Like if, if, if he'd scored that, bang, five points. You know, like... There was just there's been moments, man. And Dennis is super creative. Um, I think I think he's very skillful. You know, he's on the border of Razzler because he needs a few more step overs, and I haven't seen an elastico from him. So he's like, <laughs> at the moment, he's sitting in the dazzlers section. Okay, so he's a dazzler, but he's not a Razzler. You know, he needs to step onto the UFO, spend a few times in the intergalactic web. Um, <laughs> once he starts to do that, he's going to be incredible. You know, actually, next season, Dennis could be the man. He could yeah, be no, the playing up front for Man United when um, we need a striker. Yeah, 100%. Because I think Ronaldo will go to PSG, huh? Yeah, so we, we're starting to look pretty thin more. up top. But um, might get on to the next question, which is a lot of good midfield options this season going forward with great figures. Um, who would your five must-have midfielders be for the next sort of run of fixtures? Ah, uh, let me start this one. Let me start this one. Yeah, let me go. Let me go. Time, mate. You're All right. Five midfielders moving forward. I'm going to say with with the proper pronunciation, Hafinha, Rafinha, okay. <laughs> Foden. I'm thinking Foden instead of Mares. I was very much on Mares because he is the king Razzler, but I think he's he's the cup king Razzler, isn't he? I actually think he's going to play the UCL more than he's going to play. The Premier League. Interesting. You know, am I am I going to regret this? Yeah. <sighs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You know, probably, probably. But Rafinha has to be in there. I'm thinking Foden. I'm thinking Coutinho. I have to say Bowen. I have to because he's just produced so much, you know, so well. And then Salah. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think, um, yeah, mine are pretty similar as well. I sort of went Salah, Bowen. Um, I'm saying Rashford is a bit of a sneaky shout just because I oh, think I like I think they're going to be struggling with um, players now because Cavani's not going to start every single game, and then you sort of got no Greenwood at the moment, um, and then you've got Sancho who in and out of the side. So I think that Rashford's going to be playing probably three out of four games, and they have a decent run still. So. I like him as a good shout. I, I like the shout of Coutinho. I actually don't mind the shout of Gallagher because they've got Norwich, Brentford, then a double game with Chelsea, Watford, then Burnley. So yeah, I think I like he might. Shout. And even you know, Elise, it, if he's dep- starting as well. Elisa, it depends. Elise yeah. is a fantastic shout because he's a very attacking player. Gallagher, unfortunately for FPL, great for football, but he is a utility player. Like he can play too many positions and depending on who they play and how they play, he can actually, like he was playing defensive mid at one stage, wasn't he? There was one game where mm. he played defensive they mid. They moved actually, him there. Yeah. Yeah. He was all the way back. And when I watched him previously, you, no one saw that coming because for me, he's, he's a 10. He's an, and like you want to move him back. He's an eight at most. 
He's never playing six. He's never playing in that holding mid role. Um, and he was playing there. With Olise coming into the team, you've got Zaha, Edouard, Olise. Uh, is Ben Benteke there? Benteke, uh, yeah. I think he's been blasted. Uh, into, um, he's been blasted. <laughs> <laughs> so you've, you've already got, man, there's like four or five really good attacking options at, um, at Crystal Palace. I don't know. Look, we can say this and we can speculate and we can talk, but from what I've seen from Crystal Palace, he hasn't been what he was. Remember that? I don't know those game weeks, but it started with the game against City. They played City and they beat them 2-0 at the uh, Etihad. Some commentators at like to call it the empty had. The empty had. Yeah, they like to call it that. Some commentators. Did you hear that? Did you hear that guy call? He had to make a, an apology. Ridiculous. Oh, so um, Like, it was that game he was playing 10, and it was Zaha, and I'm pretty sure it was Benteke that was playing. So they only had the two strikers. There wasn't playing like a, a, a three-prong, you know. It wasn't a 4-3-3 or anything like this. Um, now, with Elise coming in, it's it's a different kind of setup for Crystal Palace, you know. Patrick Vieira, he's in there, man. He's tinkering. He's he's looking at the Razzlers, you know. He's like, Elise, yep, he's got Elastico. Zaha, yeah, he can do step-overs, hocus-pocus, this kind of stuff. He, that's what he's doing, you know. Eduard, yeah, he's good with his head. You know, like those kind of things. <laughs> that's so good. It's Everyone's like, hocus-pocus, step-overs, and then Eduard's just... Do you know what? I, I look, it's unfair to Eduard, man, because Eduard's a baller. He, he, he's got techers. Like, especially watching him play at Celtic, I, I, I never forget. This was before Matt and I started chatting a lot, and we were watching. Uh, I was doing the watch along, and Matt used to come in at halftime and he'd give like a Spurs special, you know. And it was Spurs versus Crystal Palace. <laughs> and I said to the boys, because I was doing it with Elliot and Ollie, and I said, mate, I think Zaha's going to give him a razzling. And he absolutely tangangered them. Like, he just finished them off. <laughs> And in that game, Eduard come on, and I actually said, I was like, oh, you know, play for Celtic. He was really good. He's a very skillful player. Like, for Celtic, he was super skillful. He was you know, doing soul rolls, all that kind of drag backs, spinning off the defenders, scoring goals. <laughs> Not that he showed that in the game, but he came on and scored two goals. <laughs> and uh, that was, um, I think that was his debut. I think that was his first game in Premier League. Yeah, no, it was. I pick him um, in a so, draft league and a bloke's like, he's not going to start. And I'm like, yeah, he'll start eventually. <laughs> and then after the game, I was like, ah, oh, I didn't need to start. Yeah, exactly. That's the other thing, mate. We, we, look, we can talk about this later. Players that don't start because my five midfielders, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm going to have to do a, a, a recheck after. Yeah, we'll, we'll continue with yours. Uh, but Gallagher, I'm not sure, man. I don't know if he's going to fall into that attacking mid spot. Yeah, I probably won't have him just because I'd, I don't know who I'd get out for him, but and also who have you got now? Who's your midfield now? My midfield at the moment is give us two secs. Midfield at the moment's Madison, Sterling, Bowen, Coutinho, and Brown. Madison, Sterling, Bowen, Coutinho. You need more. There needs to be like you know, like when you get some breadsticks and there's just the the oil dip, and you need some olives there. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Right. There's got to be a little bit more Mediterranean or a little bit of something there, South American, Spanish. That's what I'm saying. Mate, well, I'm keeping it actually a close eye on our Bruno Gamares from Newcastle. Hey, he actually looked, zero. Yeah, he looked pretty decent in that cup game. So he got an assist, I'm pretty sure, as well. So Yeah? 
Yeah, so I think he he played a lot more advanced than I thought he would. So I'm hundred percent. He's yeah. See a bigger sample size, but I I think Raheem Bronze might be worth um, looking at as well because <laughs> yeah yeah. If you'd watched the game last week, he literally should have scored two goals. It was embarrassing that he missed that first one where the keeper was sliding across, and he was like, "Oh, I could put it beside him, but I might just kick it at his leg." Like it was, <laughs> it was outrageous. But yeah, that's about um, the players that I'd probably suggest. What about you, Matt? Oh, very similar uh, to both of you. I would be looking at a seller, of course. So he's one. Uh, Jared Bowen. Uh, he's been too good this season, and West Ham continue to have some pretty good fixtures. They got Watford, uh, Leicester, Newcastle in the next sort of three. Um, I would be picking Gallagher, and that's just purely based on. Um, I just find he's ever. I, I, I agree with Daniel with the uh, the position. He has had some games where Palace dropped him, have dropped him back, but um, I really like his fixtures, like Norwich, Brentford. He can't play in the Chelsea game because uh, uh, he's on loan um, from Chelsea, but then he's got Watford, he's got Burnley. Um, it's just such good fixtures, and he's so high up this season with his points. Um, so Gallagher yeah. gets in there for me. Um, Son is going to go in there. Uh, now yeah. Son's back fit. Um, look good on the weekend. He's got uh, back-to-back home games. He's got the Man City game, which is a tough game, but that's a team that he scores a lot of goals against, and that's in a double game week against Burnley. Yeah. Um, then he's got Leeds away, Everton at home. So I'm really liking uh, Son. I think he's someone that we're going to see a lot of, especially in that double game week. And then my fifth one, I'm split between two players. Um, one of them, I'm going to... Someone who I've not been hugely keen on in um, in FPL this season because he's not really got numbers, but I'm going to go with uh, Buendia from Villa. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, I look at these Villa fixtures, obviously the Steven Gerrard effect, and they've got Leeds, Newcastle, Watford, Brighton, yeah. Southampton. I'm thinking if you're picking the players I've already picked, probably going to need someone a little bit budget. He's 6.2. I think... I really like Coutinho as well, but I think with uh, Buendia, he's a little bit cheaper. I think they're just going to be teams are going to worry so much about Coutinho. They're almost going to forget that <laughs> Buendia is playing, and he's just going to get so much space. I've got a good feeling about him. I think he he might pick up some points, but if you're not so keen on him, I'm actually going to go down the Arsenal route, which I don't normally do. But <laughs> but second. Yeah, they've not scored huge amounts of goals this season, Arsenal. Um, in Well, they score in spells. They'll have one game, like the Norwich one or the Leeds one, they'll score a bundle of goals, and then they'll have another game, like the Burnley game, where they just don't do anything and they'll let you down. Or you know, when they played Watford and it was 1-0 or those sorts of games. But I'm going to go Saka at 6.4, and this is Mate, purely I because... I love that shout. No, that's a great but, shout. But what I will say, and I'm going to put a warning on, on this one, because he mm. has... He's known to fraud a lot of people. Everyone gets excited about this guy. He's obviously good on the eye. He looks he's he's good to watch, but his FPL points, they're so hit and miss. Like he'll grab you a double digit score and then he'll do nothing for about four or five weeks. And that's just Saka. But after this next two game weeks, we say you have him ready this game week, Wolves away. I think personally think that game's gonna be low scoring, tight game. He does blank yep. in 25, but then 26, he's got two games. 
And then 27, I know he blanks, but then he's got potentially another double. That could be uh, in like 28, then really good fixtures up until game week sort of 34 for for Arsenal. Um, and he's going to have a number of doubles in there. So I think to round the five up, I'd say uh, Buendia for the next couple of weeks and then maybe a change to... Uh, you know, to Saka potentially. But I'm liking those two as, as outside shouts. Um, but the other four, Gallagher, Salah, uh, Son and Jared Bowen, I think they're all mainstays. Um, and they'll all be in my team. All four of those will be in my team in the next couple of weeks. I've got four, three or four of those at the moment. I just need to find a way for Salah. Yeah, no, Gallagher, you said Gallagher, Son, Salah and? Bowen. And Bowen. Okay, yeah, so, Gallagher, Son, Salah, and Bowen. Yeah, fair thing, enough. Thing with Gallagher, right? So Gallagher's right now he's sitting pretty high up in terms of yeah, total he is score. Yeah, 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 yeah. Total score, and and that's with two games he had COVID, and one of them was against Norwich at home. I still feel that I still feel robbed from that week because Gallagher got COVID, and I just feel if he'd played in that game, he would have come out with a goal or or something from that game. Um, so I think this could be a good run of games for him. He got an assist again in the FA Cup on the weekend. Um, he seems to just pop up with, with returns. And, um, yeah, but again... How far like, is MacArthur off from coming back? Well, that's the thing. Like, when MacArthur's back, that's when Gallagher obviously pushes further up the pitch. Um, but they've got the likes. And that's another thing. Obviously, we'll talk more probably about strikers later on. But you've got to remember, they've still got the likes of Eze to come in there. You know, you're talking about that front three. You've got Eze, you've got Lise, you've got Zaha, um, you've got Benteke, you've got Iwu. Uh, MacArthur's going to be out for a while. So, like, yeah, the position, the positional thing worries me a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, I still like him. I still like him. He just, even in the last game week against, um, was it Liverpool that they, they played? Was that the last game? He could have scored a couple of goals in that second half. He was very unlucky with a header uh, that he put wide, a shot as well. So, um yeah, Gallagher. Gallagher, really good pick. No, definitely. I like the shout of Sakurai. I mean, every single podcast, I think, this season, I've said that I, if anyone was looking at Arsenal assets, I rated him over uh, Smith-Rowe just because Smith-Rowe seemed to be always in the right place at the right time, whereas Saka was beating players, getting into the box, creating chances, but just couldn't get the FPL finishes. It was a it was a very punishing watch when I owned him just every week you'd watch him play and he should have had at least a goal or two every match. Yeah, that's why you gotta pick him. Like you've got to, when you pick him, you've got to pick him for a small period of games. Yeah. Sort of four or five games and then you get rid. He's not someone to to keep because he does carry injuries. Um and Arteta is another one that he sometimes likes to change up a little bit as well. But, um, yeah, if you can get him on the right day, he does get a, a pretty handy score. And I just think with all these extra games in hand, you know, he's a good shout. And um, there was a couple of Everton players I was going to pick, but I just thought, nah, they, they don't have the form, so I couldn't pick them. Oh, mate, Donny van der Beek might be coming in conversation depending on where they play him and how high <laughs> he plays. But that'll be for another day. Um, <laughs> how many um, – before we move to the next question, right, because I just had a look here. I'm just playing around on transfers. I think I'm actually going to make a transfer live on your podcast. I know people like to do that. I know this is not a this is not a live live podcast, but um, it will be released later or probably early this morning or something like no, that. No, it'll be tonight, mate. Should be good tonight. Yeah, I'm just having a look now. I think I've got the perfect the perfect midfield. This is very look. 
it's similar to what I just said, but this is an absolute razzling midfield. Razzling midfield, right? Rafinha, Foden out, Mares. Mm-hmm. I had Lucas Moura out, Salah. Bowen out. Wow. In comes, in comes Fred. Oh, mate. Gucci. Gucci mate, Fred. no, no, he, no, 4.9 Fred. Affordable Fred. Not Gucci Fred, right? We're not, Fred we're not having, as soon as Fred went to 5.0, right? We know, look, we know the history talk about Fred. I said, look, Fred, Emerson Royal, Lucas Mura, have a look at these players. I think they've all done well since then. But Fred went up to 5.0. Mate, blew my budget out. Pockets were empty. Didn't have a cent. Couldn't, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't bring Fred in, right? Now, 4.9 Fred, affordable Fred. You know, reasonable Fred. Fredo Bar Fred. <laughs> that's, ex- that's exactly right. So, Rafinha, Mare, Salah, Fred, Coutinho. Not what bad. do you think? It's better yeah, than um, having Brown Hill in the it. midfield like me. Yeah. Sorry? Is that with transfers or is that for hits? No, no, I'm just looking at it at the moment with transfers. If, if I do this, it'll be a negative eight this week. But we can't do that. I can't. Yeah, I can't afford no. that. You know, you I can't can, afford it. You can work towards it, like Fred. Look, you're going to get two games out of Fred in game week 25. Um, you know, so there's oh, yeah. that. Salah, I've got you've my got wild him. card. Yeah, you've got Salah to come back. Um, mm-hmm. Which is probably when I use my wild card. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, I still think, like for me, like, same the Salah one. I feel like people can easily just save two this game week, bring him in in 26, or Transfer this game week, save two on twenty six. Transfer him in in twenty seven. But everyone's mm-hmm. team's different. If you need a wild card to bring him in, then you know that's what you've got to do. Unfortunate because I've got Bruno Fernandez. So I don't know if that's fortunate or not, but I've got uh, Bruno yeah, Fernandez. Yeah, swapper. Yeah, which well, I've still got to. It's still going to cost me a couple of moves. So I've got to work out. Yeah, you know, I'm probably not going. to... I'm not so keen on uh, Salah's. Obviously, the one in the midfield that I think people should have. But for me. Yeah. I can't get him in for this week. Um, might not play against Leicester. He might, you know, might come off the bench. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, mm. The Burnley one, he's obviously going to be fit, fresh, and sort of firing for that one. Um, but again, I've got Bruno for for the double game week, and it just wouldn't be, it wouldn't be FPL if I swapped a double game week player out. <laughs> like it just yes. wouldn't be FPL. So I then yeah, have to keep enough. Fernandez right for that for that game. As, even though I still potentially would back Salah to get a better score in one game than Bruno over two. It wouldn't be not happening, mate. Bruno's yeah. gonna go on fire, mate. Yeah, well, it just wouldn't be right. <laughs> someone's got two games to take him out, so then I could potentially then think, all right, game week twenty-seven. You know, Salah has the double. I can then, by the whatever transfers I've done from now till then, I would have enough money in the bank and transfers to just do a Fernandez to Salah in a couple of game weeks. But you know, I know I was also I'm not a huge fan of having a wild card for one player. I think if you're going to wild card, I would oh, say no. people seven at least seven change. But then again, it's, again, it's all again. It all depends on your team and where you're at, your circumstances. Yeah. I think right now, if you're wild carding, you need to have bad fixtures and you need to be looking at bringing in seven or eight players. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of uh, we're seeing a lot of wild cards now because people have been bored on this on this break. Yeah, I'm <laughs> um, very bored, man. I'm yeah, very bored. So it's it's an interesting one, but we'll. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, just me... to touch on your Gucci Fred pickup, mate. Sorry, Fredo, Fredo Fred. 
Um, yep. Pogba's back, so I'm not sure whether it's going to be a bit of a going to put some weapons in a ring and make Mick Tomine and Fred fight over the last spot in the midfield. So, well, he's he's four point nine. So if he doesn't play, he doesn't play. Yeah, no, that's fair. You know, Just it's, it's not really, it's not really a uh, an issue. I think it's a, it's it's a non-issue. It's more like he's been playing. It's an enabler to bring in Salah, and yeah. someone has to go. Right? It's time to go. Someone's <laughs> going to go, you know? Um, well. And it's for me, it would be Bowen because I don't want to lose Coutinho. I don't want to lose Rafinha. And you can easily just trade Coutinho out and go to Bowen, worst case scenario anyway. Yeah, if you get tired of it, that's exactly right. Or if he gets injured or something else, right? But Coutinho, mate, I'm never going to get tired of him. He's fantastic. I love Coutinho. <laughs> Great player. What a player, mate. At any time, he may not even have the ball, right? Coutinho doesn't have to have the ball. He'll just turn his hips inside and the ball can end up in the top corner. It happened. <laughs> yeah, no. Think about that for a second, right? That's straight <laughs> off the spaceship. I'm telling All you. All I'm thinking about is Coutinho's hips, mate. Hey, they um, don't lie. They don't lie. <laughs> Might get on to the next question, which was, <laughs> <laughs> what's your advice for Aussie managers on how to deal with deadlines? Do you do the all-nighter, set the alarm, or just lock your team in and go to bed and hope for the best? Um, I might start with, might take it back to, uh, what's the week we call it? The week of Bruno. Um, <laughs> when he hoard, I, I think I might've been messaging you, Matt. And I was like, you did. do it. Like, should I, should I get this person in? Should I stick with Bruno? What should I do? And I think it was about 11 o'clock at night and I'm looking at stats and I'm like, I need, I need to find something that makes Bruno make sense. And, you know, as I messaged you through the stuff that I found, I was like, nah, stuff it. I'm just going to set my team and go to bed because I knew that if I didn't, I'd still be up for another two hours. So for me, I think the best thing is to go for your gut and just make your transfers and then just it is what it is because, you know, I'm a habit, I have two small children, so I, I don't get as much sleep as I would before kids. So now I just kind of go, well, just got to grab it and take it when I can get it, so... Yeah, I don't have that's... I don't have any kids, and I'm not waking up for the deadline. <laughs> What's yeah. your thoughts on a D10? Why you're talking about um, deadlines? Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm exactly like you, mate. I you know, like for instance, this one's Wednesday 9th of February. I thought, oh yeah, we'll do it on Wednesday. Then I look, it was at five fifteen. I was like, nah, we're not going to do it Wednesday. Tuesday night, I will make. I've got one free transfer right, and I'm thinking. Last week, I brought him in for a hit, and he did nothing. So I'm thinking Foden has to go for Mares. That's going to be my transfer. That's what I'm feeling. Because I've always gone with Mares. I always talk about Mares. Mares is a king razzler. You know, he's, uh, he, he just equips different hairstyles. He's got mad feet, good first touch. Like, and I enjoy watching him play. Like, if Mares starts, everyone's going to be like, oh, my days, this is a genius move. You know? <laughs> If Mares comes off the bench and scores, again, genius move, which can happen, right? <laughs> it's a win-win, mate. There's if no he doesn't play, if he doesn't play, he doesn't play. And then who can come on for him? Mazuaku, fantastic. You know? Or Brownhill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, in terms of that, no, I'm not, I'm not getting up for any deadlines, man. What about you, Matt? Um, yeah, look, I'll... I like to be awake at deadline, um, and it's tough. And I tell you what, since 
living in the eastern states of Australia, it's even tougher. Daniel will know. He's lived in WA mm-hmm. before. It's a lot easier over there. Uh, for Premier League, yeah. anyway, because you get your, you know, all right, maybe not with these these Saturday, Friday night UK games, that's different. But when you get your Saturday night oh. games here that are now late games are you know, sometimes midnight or 1am. Yeah, or you get about 8.30pm. Yeah, you get them at that time there. So it doesn't, it's not actually never been something that's um, you know, played a huge part with me when I've been playing FPL in Australia, living in Western Australia. But since I've been in, in Melbourne, it's been a lot tougher Um but what I will do is I tend to, and it's been tougher this year as well with COVID because you've almost been forced to be awake at deadlines because <laughs> you just because of these fixture changes. Say, for example, the game week you were talking about where Fernandez had that double game week a few weeks ago. I was up for that one because the Arsenal submitted the postponement for the Tottenham Arsenal game within that hour before deadline. And, um, I feel like now, since they moved the deadline to one and a half out, so normally, season after season, what would happen is, say a deadline was 9pm, um, then um, the teams would then be released an hour later. But now FPL moved the, the, the deadline an hour and a half before um, team reveals. And they did that because what happened on the last day of last season uh, Liverpool were playing Newcastle away. Man City were playing, uh, I think, uh, I can't, don't remember who they were playing uh, at home. But um, there was all these team leagues five minutes before kickoff that Salah wasn't going to play and Sterling was playing for Man City. And, you know, ever since because of that, FPL decided to make the deadline one and a half hour before team reveals instead of an hour. So since FPL's done that, I've just found it so difficult to be asleep whilst I know the deadline is still there. So, um, and with all the COVID and the fixture. So I would say right now with the way FPL is, because it's not week to week right now, it's kickoffs are all over the place. There's been COVID, there's been postponements. I would say set your alarm half an hour before deadline. If it's like a 4am, 3am, I set the alarm. Um, Otherwise, if it's if, if the time's doable, I'll, I'll just stay up for it. But um, that's how I like to do it. But on a normal season, and we've not had a normal season for nearly two years now, but on a normal season, I always like to have my transfer done before the deadline, before bed on like a you know Friday night if it was a Saturday morning game or a Saturday Saturday night game. I'd already have it done. Um, but now I would say set your alarms half an hour before and you know try and. Um, have a couple of transfers in your head before you go to bed that you want to do. And then, yeah, that, that's how I like to do it now, just because what? too Why much is, is changing. Yeah. Okay, too, too much, much changing. is changing. So, if we, example <clears throat> is, so that game week a few weeks back where Manchester United played Aston Villa and Brentford, and it was a double game week, and Bruno got that you know, big score as a captain. I had set my alarm and I woke up an hour before the deadline was about to come in. And within that one hour, I'd made, I hadn't had my transfer ready. And in my head, when I'd woke up, Lucas Mora was coming in my team. He was my transfer. Mm. Um, and I can't remember, someone was coming out that wasn't like some, some other midfielder, lower budget midfielder was, was coming out. Within that hour, I waited and waited and waited. Read as much news, as many groups as I'm in and spoke to people that were up at the time and you know, had a look around. And within that one hour, Arsenal submitted the... Uh, postponement uh, the request and as soon as they did that uh, as soon as they did that I was like yeah this game isn't going ahead because 
when teams submit requests, nine times out of ten, they've they've happened. And um, and I was sitting there, and there was about ten minutes to go to de- till deadline. I was like, what do I do? And I looked at it, and I thought, I'm gonna have to take Salah out. And obviously, I bring Bruno in, and we know what happened there when Bruno hauled and he captained, and there was, <laughs> you know, social media went FPL social media went crazy. Um, but I looked at it and just thought, yeah, that's the straight swap. And, you know, if I'd done my transfer when I went to bed a few hours before, I'd have had Lucas Moura in there. The Spurs game got called off. Um, he then played in the Leicester game a few days after. He got, I think, two points. Um, and Bruno got 40-something points. So I ended up, yeah, get, gaining quite a lot. Um, but that's that's just right now. I wouldn't normally recommend that, um, you know, on a normal season. But with the way it's gone... You know, that's how I like to do it. Um, there's also been other times, though, where I've stayed up right till deadline. And because I've not kind of done like a set and forget type of team, I've then just made a, a snap decision at the end that's ended up not working. So, yeah, there's different ways of doing it. But right now, with with co- the way COVID was, I would say, yeah, you can set your alarm. But we could be moving away from that now. The Premier League said that they're changing the rules with, you know, squads and injuries and illnesses and whatever. So maybe it could be a bit more normal again. But right now... Yeah, I'll set the alarm. Mate, or, stay, like, or stay awake, or just don't sleep. I love the old uh, Dingo's <laughs> breakfast strategy, mate. Uh, have a bit of bread, drink <laughs> water, and have a good look around and make your transfers, mate. <laughs> Dingo's but, breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what I got from that, Matt, was uh, take the kids out of school, uproot the family, and move to WA, and it's a much friendlier time zone. <laughs> yeah. Time zones yeah, are no, good definitely. for the Premier League, aren't they? Daniel, we can tell you as well. But Oh, man. The Saturday like, games, the Sunday games, the Sunday games are perfect yeah, because they are good. You'll get a game at maybe seven thirty, um, and then when you know all the daylight saving or clocks and things that happen over east, and the clocks kind of change, or when the UK changes their times, and then Perth then changes their clocks, you'll sometimes get maybe a the latest you can get on a Sunday might be like a or like the early games are on a Sunday that would be like one a.m. or two a.m. here is normally. 10 or 11 p.m. over there, which on a Sunday night is a lot easier than, than the kickoffs here. So, um, yeah. yeah, Saturday night games are perfect. You can watch all three over there oh. Um, oh, for at easily, least half easily. a season, at least half a season. Yeah, easily. Because some of them are also getting in, uh, or kicking off at like 7 p.m. Hmm. There's some you know, early ones, like at the start of the season, where it's just it's just perfect, mate. A few snags on, a few bits of bread, you know, sausage, sausage in a bread and just a bit of sauce. <laughs> Done. Oh, it's a That's fancy it. dingo's breakfast, mate. <laughs> it's only the midweek games that are good here because the midweek games, yeah, they're on at six nice or seven in the morning. But the reality is, you know, okay, European games and maybe the championship if your team's in the championship. But if you're an FPL player, it's predominantly weekends. Um, that's that's the thing with the morning games is you're killed for the Champions League as well. Like it's, yeah. it's just it's too early then. Whereas now they're on at, they're on at seven a.m. here. You know it's it's excellent. You wake up, have a coffee, watch the game. No, I'd I'd hate to live in Perth, mate. I hate sleep, so I'd definitely. <laughs> <laughs> we um, might move on to the next question, which is Robbo or Jota as a third Liverpool asset. I'd probably nearly go with Robbo at the moment. I think I think the Robbo Trent Alexander Arnold Salah triple up could be a decent option. What about you guys? Um, yeah, it's got to be Robertson. I think I spoke about him many weeks now when I was asked about the Liverpool double up in defence. And I've had it in draft all season. I managed to get on to Trent, was my first 
first pick, I think, or second pick in draft. And then Robertson was injured, so I picked him. No one wanted him, and I managed to get him straight after. And I've had that double up the whole season in draft, and it's been unbelievable. And I said it weeks ago, that's a really, really good double up at the moment. Um, and I was one of my friends did it, and he's managed to gain a lot of points because um, he's even been outscoring uh, Cancelo lately, Robertson, um, by quite a lot. Some of his scores have been very high. So I'd say Robertson. I've I've got Yotta. Um, and I'm only keeping him because why would I get rid of someone who's got a double game week in a couple of weeks? I don't think Yotta's going to play both games, but mm. I want to bring Salah back in. i got Trent. Unless I wildcard, unless I use a chip, I can't really get Robertson in. Um, it doesn't fit my team. But if I had a, a blank team now, or I only had two Liverpool players, uh, so I only had uh, one Liverpool player, and then the decision was to be Trent, Salah, and then one other, it would be Robertson every single time. Like, there's just... Fixtures are too good, and he's playing too well. And I think, yeah, he plays he he plays all the games as well for me. Like I can't see him getting rest. You know, all this talk we see on Twitter. Oh, this player's due a rest. Like, nah. When when you want to win every week, you know, you're not resting these guys. Like Robertson's not getting rested. Um, you know, we hear a lot of scare talk and you know stuff like that. I think Robertson and Trent, you can't go wrong. Yeah. What about you, D10? Between. Um, Jota and Firmino is Firmino is he injured is he playing what's happening do you guys know um, I think he's playing at the moment I'm not sure whether they might try rotate Diaz in off the bench I'm not yeah that's right sure. there's San Luis Diaz so oh, yeah I would say um, in, in that case I would say Robbo I would say yeah Robertson because no. um, you know, he's locked in as well isn't he yeah I can't see him missing any games I could see maybe Jota being benched or um, yeah. losing minutes to Diaz, possibly. Right, next Diaz question. Mid- Diaz is midfield as asset as well. Yeah, no, definitely. I sort of, from the YouTube research that I did, the whole nine and a half minutes of it, um, <laughs> I think he Extensive. looks like a decent option if he gets game time. Oh, man, he's incredible. What a player, but he's a forward. They've yeah. got him as a midfielder. He's going to be playing up front. He's a great option. He's someone that will score. Like he'll he'll literally look. Mane's obviously now uh, come back, won the Afcon. Mane's Mane. You know he's he's proven he's going to be there. So Salah, but if one of them is taking a rest, he'll be coming in. I don't think they're going to play him through the middle though. They won't play Luis Diaz through the middle. No, they'll probably move Jota into the um, in the middle and then put Diaz out wide. I'd say. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, look, they've they've got Origi there as well. But in terms of the pick between Jota or Robbo, uh, yeah, I would say Robbo, Robbo because um, I think Firmino's, Firmino's going to play more than Jota now. Yeah, no, for sure. If, if he stays fit. Well, we might get on to the next question. What sure. players are good replacements for Chelsea defenders? So we'll pick one each. So I'm thinking ah. maybe... A, Laporte double up with Cancelo as a replacement for a Chelsea Ooh. defender, at least to maybe, I think it's game week 28, that they come back from um, That's very the World trendy. Club Cup challenge. What about you, D10? That's really trendy, man. Laporte is the trend right now. Laporte is like those, you know those um, finger decks they used to do at school, the skateboard, uh, what oh, are they the called? tech deck. Tech the decks, tech deck. yeah. They're like, they're, he's like yo-yos as well, you know, like, oh, they're in, yeah, everyone's got one. Um, I'll go Diaz and Cancelo. 
because that's who's in my team. Diaz is the man. What about you, Matt? I'm going to go... Is this until the Chelsea players come back? Yeah, so I'm just yeah. thinking like for a bit of a punt for the next probably four game weeks, I'd say. And from from this from this uh, from the trend of this chat, it has to be a city asset. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some... Zinchenko. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. Like, I really. I wanted to say Kukurazla, but I'm not because they've got good fixtures. But because they don't play in one of the game weeks, I want to go a player that doesn't blank. Um, because then you know. Rudiger, Chelsea, that or, or James or whoever your Chelsea player is, you then want you want to replace him with someone that's going to play every game week until he's back. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Regulon, and the reason I'm going with Regulon is because Spurs have got Southampton, Wolves at home. I can see them being tight games. Man City yeah, games very tough, but then Wolves there's game. Burnley in a double followed up with it. Leeds away and Everton at home, and hmm. I think uh, having that double game week up his sleeve. Um, his returns under Conte have actually been really, really high. Um, yep. He didn't play against Chelsea in the last game, but he was carrying a knock, um, which is why he didn't start. Um, and if you go into sort of the total scores of defender, um, you know, he's still in that, he's just around that top 15. I think with the games that he's got to play, um, he's going to play every game up until uh, the Chelsea players return. So um, I'm going to go Regulon. Uh, and then as a second shout from Spurs, uh, I like to throw in uh, uh, Romero, the Argentinian, who's yeah. just come back. Goal- goalkeeper, no? Oh, Lloris. Yeah, Lloris is a good child, but obviously you can't put him in, uh, in defence. So, no, I mean, um, Romero, Cuti Romero, the Argentinian, who oh, yeah, yeah. he just come back. So he he's barely played the season, but he um, the minutes he's played for Spurs, he's been absolutely unbelievable. And on the weekend against Brighton, hmm. superb. I think he's... He's someone that I think when he gets a run in the side now, he will be on the BPS because he's so good on the ball. So good on the ball. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be my shouts from Spurs. Um, I like Regulon, Romero. Um, but, yeah, Regulon probably. Nah, nice. I might throw a bit of a curveball out. Um, Kieran Trippier might be an option for someone looking to but, get on the spaceship. So, You know, New- Newcastle, though, they they really like to let the other team score and then they start playing. <laughs> no, but now they've got Dan Byrne, mate. Dan yeah. Byrne, Trippier, Lachelle's, mate. It's Clean sheets will be coming 2023. It, I, love, I love Newcastle United. I really want Newcastle United to do well, but I can't bring myself to have yeah, one of just, their defensive assets. There's, there's too many good players. I think there's two for five million, there's too many players that yeah. can offer more at that price range. Uh, Tierney, who... We obviously spoke about it as well, um, but he mm. does miss a game in, in the next few weeks. But I don't mind the trip out shout in terms of like, like a bench booster. Yeah, honestly. yeah, like he's got some good. He has got good fi- like the fixtures look. But his Newcastle, like they've won two matches this season, but they did keep the clean sheet against Leeds. I'd avoid. I actually don't mind. Um, if you're going to go Newcastle, you just go four point four million on Dan Byrne because he's six foot seven, and you might get on the end of a couple <laughs> of those trippier free kicks, but. Um, yeah, it's an interesting shout. I have to say, it's an interesting shout. Um, More sort of the attacking turn uh, return mm-hmm. as a bit of a, a basement level, and then just hoping their games against sort of Everton, Brentford, Brighton, they might be able to keep 
a clean sheet on top of yeah. him getting involved. But yeah, it is a curveball. You've, you've got it to is. play for one nil, isn't it? When when you try to stay up, so yeah, that's right. It's a look. It's a massive outside shout. And the only thing I'd say about that, because I was talking to Matt about this exact thing, I was like, oh, you know, what about Kieran Trippier? You know, like just someone different. Because uh, the teams they look the same for a while, you know, and it gets it does get boring. Um, and I do like the shout, but if you look at how many goals Newcastle are scoring mm-hmm. and who is scoring them, it's generally St. Maximin. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't score from crosses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, no, like his point. goals, his goals, he picks the ball up and runs past two players and then shoots. Or he's in the box, it's a layoff, or it's, you know, it's a, he's uh, coming in off a uh, parry from the goalkeeper. It's um, it's always just him, and there's no assist. It's weird, you know. Well, Trippier is on um, set pieces as well. Now they have Dan Byrne. That's pretty good, but but also Trippier's yeah. good at free kicks. You know, he has so, a free kick on him. I think it was the other week. Uh, Trippier had 91 touches, and mm. 51 of those were in the opposition half. I just think though, like because that's good. It's good for BPS. So getting all those touches is good for bonus points. But if you're going to pay five million for Trippier, you can just pay four point nine for Emerson Royale. Yeah, no, I actually, and it's like, I like. And, the and if you saw, Royale. you saw his game against mm. Brighton, and it was like oh. all the twit criticism he's taken, and Mate. you know, and all the and the nonsense he's taken about his crossing, and you know, you got a twenty two year old Brazilian fullback, and he's someone. I know I just mentioned Regulon, and obviously I'm a Spurs fan, but I'm just saying the, the fact that we've got all of these games in hand. Um, there's a couple mm. of home games in there. He looks like a player with fire in his belly, and I think, as much as I think Trippier's a great choice as well for free kicks for set pieces, I think there's just too many options at that price point and below. Tierney, Royale, um, you know, Saïs went now he's back for Wolves. Everyone's talking about this Aynori a- a- from Wolves as well, the fullback. Um, you know, Wolves, Connor Cody. There's just so many options below Trippier, but. You yeah. do pick those differentials well, Q. You know, you've, you've done well, so, you know. Right, there. So Give it a go. For every, mate, for every Madison, there's a Obama Yang and a Kenny McLean, <laughs> so. <laughs> Kenny McLean. But, hey, Emerson scored probably a Pushkas nominee goal as well <laughs> in the FA Cup. He he was looking like peak Roberto Carlos. I know Roberto Carlos is a left back, right? Before anyone gets on here and starts flaming. Is that, is that Mike um, on me? Mike on, not, not the, not the Mike on that played against Gareth Bale, but the one before that. The, uh, what, the, Brazil, the good Mike on. Brazil yeah, Mike yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the one that, <laughs> In the World Cup. Yeah, the one that played for Brazil, but not the one that Gareth Bale, because it's the same player, but I remember Gareth Bale was just running rings around him that, that night. Yeah. And, um, no, the Micon before that, who was just unbelievable, um, he was very similar to him, where he was just possessed. The way Emerson was playing, he was like possessed. He had a point to prove, and interesting one. He's a very interesting player to look at. Now. They'll probably yeah, give think the so. goal of the, the year to like Salah beating one player in the box and then side-footing it or something. <laughs> yeah. well, he, has, he has scored two of those goals, and he? he scored one where he destroyed City, and he scored another one <laughs> where he destroyed Watford. So, yeah. look... I think, look, actually, talking about goal of the season, if we're going to talk about that, um, I reckon it'd be is it Damari Gray. Was he the one who, who hit that winner? Uh, against Arsenal. Yeah, that was a nice goal. Yeah, and obviously, um, Martin Tyler, he made that much better than it was. Well, <laughs> yeah. I can't say he made it much better because it was a fantastic goal. What a strike. 
But he, he really, like, mate, that, that was a goal that could have won the Champions League, you know, the way Martin Tyler carry on. Mate, was, speaking of goals, did you see, was it yeah. Alba's goal this morning for Barcelona? Yes. No, I not. Oh, you are a mate. Pure I, I oh, my days. What a I've volley. not seen, but I think the, yeah, those Salah goals are ridiculous. The one against Man City, um, but also that Kovacic goal a few weeks ago. I know now we're going off topic a bit, but the Kovacic goal against Liverpool. Oh, yeah, it was nice. Back, the volley, I thought that was ridiculous as well, but the Alba one. I've not seen, so yeah, if you mate, could, if you could send me the Alba one, I would love to see. <laughs> I'll put it in the group chat, mate. It was like just absolutely filthy. And he just walked off like he's like, Yeah, I knew it was going in. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was incredible. Well, we might get on to uh the next question. Um with our ranks this season, where we're sitting at the moment, what are our goals at the end of the season? I might start with you, D Tam, what's your goal? Um, yeah, wise or FPL wise for the end of the season. Um, I've kind of already reached my goal. That's why I'm like just, just you know, just hamming about, mate. Just doing whatever I want to do. Um, it's why I'm taking hits. It's why I'm bringing in players. It's why I'm trying different things. So just, um, I actually just love FPL for the fact of picking players and then watching the game. And if they do well, you get a buzz out of it, you know. But my goal at the start of the season was to. Um, be in the 500k. Yeah. Um, I reached that. I'd like to finish inside it. So at the moment, I'm outside it, but I've been inside uh, for many weeks. Um, I'd like to do that, just be inside the 500k, because uh, I actually I spoke to Matt about it, asked other people. You know, at first, I was just trying to beat the average, and I was like, well, what do you reckon would be a good a good start for someone who's play, playing properly in their first season? Um, and I think, yeah, inside the 500k, because my first... I reckon five weeks, six weeks, game weeks, they're write-offs because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like picking players and I still got good scores. Like I still got good points. But in terms of being with the running pack, um, yeah, I'd like to see where I'd be if I if I knew what I was doing and I knew how to like, um, you know, like I didn't have any shields, mate. I didn't have any shields, you know. Everyone had... Um, had Salah or they had Fernandez. Oh, I had Fernandez, um, but I had other players in my team like Jorginho. Like, why? You know, there was just there was no need for me to have him. You know, um, so things like that. And then when I used my wild card, I used it to pick basically all the what I thought were going to be all the best assets. Uh, it was like a template, and it did horribly. You know, so it's like, um, yeah, I've, I've learned a lot from my first, what can we say, like 24 weeks yeah. uh, playing. Um, but yeah, that's that's my goal, man. Be inside the 500k. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I think it's changed and changed as the season has gone on. Um, initially, it was, you know, aiming for the top 10k and I was sort of sitting around that 20 to 25k mark and then... It will come crashing down in November and December, and I sort of moved moved down. I think now I'm in the 150k. I think similar to Daniel, where it's just you know, I want to try and enjoy it a little bit more now. I think it's been one of those years where there's been so many ups and downs. There's been so many disappointments with games being called off, and I kind of want to have a bit of fun with it. Um, you know, make different captain picks, make different transfers. Um, but in terms of end goal, I think um, top 50k would be nice. Um, if I end up in the top 100k. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna turn my nose up at that with you know eight million players. So um, 
you know, I think end goal, I'd like to be sort of top 50k, um, you know, considering how much of the season we've played so far. Um, if I can't make that, then I'll settle for top 100k. It'd be nice. Um, and then we go on to, to next season. Um, but yeah, I just want to enjoy it. I just want to enjoy it more as well this season. Like we talk about rank a lot and, um, you know, and, and it's and it's great. Like you want to be ranked as high as you can. It, you know, it sounds good. It looks good. But you know, at the end of the day, I want to I want I want to enjoy the game as well. And I want everyone to, you know, be passionate about playing the game regardless of being ranked you know, 1K yeah. or 1 million or 2 million or wherever they are. And, you know, um, I think for me, yeah, 50K or top 100K. But um, you know, I want to enjoy I just want to enjoy the game again because I found these last couple of months um, or even even the start of the season when I was, you know, flying and ranking really well, I just found it very difficult and not as enjoyable with this COVID thing, you know, the perma Salah captain. And, yeah. You know, it kind of just felt a bit like Groundhog Day. So, um, yeah, I've got targets, but... I just want to try and enjoy the rest of the season. Yeah, that's fair enough. I fully agree. Sort of, my goal at the start of the season was just to watch more football this season because I think last season I barely watched any Premier League. I sort of just watched highlights every now and again. But, you know, I made a conscious effort this year to get up at ridiculous hours to watch a lot of football. So I think my goal when I first decided to make a podcast was I needed to try aim for top 100K just so I had a bit of credibility because no one wants to listen to a podcast of a bloke ranked like Four million in the world. Um, telling just, people I to bring in with Kenny that, McLean. Yeah, <laughs> I, I disagree with that. Yeah, well, that, I, that, I that was my thinking at at the start. Now I'm kind of just like it is what it is. Well, I yeah, was listening look, to your podcast from the start of the season before I even knew who you were, um, and become, obviously become friends. But you know, I was listening to you, and you would have like your rank in that sort of first nine or ten game weeks was was significantly lower than now. And I was still listening to you and your podcasts. Um, but it's interesting because, so you know, Dan, Danny has got uh, his, his views on this as well, but, you know, it is interesting, those people that listen to podcasts for, you know, for people and where they're ranked. Um, for me, I just like to listen to people that like to talk football, um, you know, and they enjoy their FPL and they enjoy their football. Um, they could be ranked 5 million and, and it doesn't bother me so much. But, yeah, I guess everyone's different. Yeah. No, I sort of I, – I would be happy at the end of the season if I'm ranked top 100K just because that's what I set sort of at the start of the season. But, I mean, I'm ranked good at the moment. So I think maybe even top 50K, I'd be pretty stoked if I sort of stay in amongst it. But who knows, still a fair few weeks left. Here's, here's the thing about this, right? So you've got your goal of top 100K. Where are you sitting now, Quentin? Uh, 5,200, 5K pretty much. 5K, right. So have you still got your wild card? Uh, yes. So go and look at the top 10K. I think I'm pretty sure you can do all this um, on live FPL. I think it's called FPL Live or something like that because I've seen yeah, people do it. And it tells you how far you are off the top 1,000, how far you're off the top number one in the world, um, where you sit, how long it will take you to fall out, all this kind of stuff. It actually tells you also a template team. There is how many weeks left? Uh, 18, 19 game weeks? Yeah. Pick the template team on your wild card. Leave it. You will finish exactly where you are. Yeah, I don't, that's just not, not fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the point, right? That's the point. 
But that's what that's what, what I'm trying to show you, or what I'm trying to the point I'm trying to get across here is like why give more um, onus? Because obviously there, there there is a credibility there. But if I'm sitting in 500k, or I'm sitting in a, outside the million, and I'm listening to a podcast of someone who's inside the top 10k, and they're telling me to how to make picks, is it going to make me progress? I'm going to sit in my exact same position, right? Because then I've basically played 11 shields. Yeah. You know, like that's how it works. That's how EO works, doesn't it? It's effective ownership and that's why they talk about it. So so if you were to do that, man, you're going to reach your goal. I think you've already reached your goal, but what I love most is the way you play the game and the different players that you pick and the captaincies, et cetera, et cetera. Like you said, you know, you picked that, had that Aubameyang pick that went terribly wrong. Um, I think even when everyone had that big carry-on around, I think it was game week uh, seven or or eight when um, Havertz was p- picked as a captain instead of Salah, you know, and everyone was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? That's it. Been my FPL. I'll play again next season, you know? I'm pretty sure Aubameyang did worse in that week than Havertz did in the 7-0 against Norwich. Um, it's not about, um, you know, convincing people of picks or... Well, this is just my opinion, right? I don't think you have to convince people of picks. I don't think you have to um, make a pick based upon what everyone else is doing. And that's what I love most about what you do and about this podcast. And it is literally um, a lot of FPL talk, but a lot of pure football talk as well. Because some of the players that you talk about, I've thought about previously, or... I'll talk about a player and you'll go, yeah, you know, I was seeing him do this and I did like that. I watched the game. I saw this. And it's not just, well, mate, if you're not playing the template, you know, forget it. And you, f- I feel like maybe it's just the content that I or that I look at, but I feel like a lot of it is template-based. A lot of it is effective ownership. Um, XG is something different because that's actually a real stat. You know, it's people arriving into scoring areas, etc. Um, yeah. But... Man, like if I was just to set a template team and leave it, why am I, why am I going to play? Like I don't know. Me personally, I don't find any fun in that, you know. And people probably think, you know, oh yeah, look, you know, Dan's not really into FPL. He's not crazy about FPL, but you know, he does coaching. He's street football, a futsal player, you know, blah blah blah. He, I just love football, and I love having the Razzler picks, and that's why I talk about the spaceship, you know, like people that are you know, straight on. <laughs> Straight off the UFO, man. These guys are aliens, you know. I think Rio Ferdinand said it. You know, when they were 2-2 and, and Cristiano Ronaldo just pop up and went bang and he hit it in. And he's like, that's what he does, alien. You know, like that's what I, that's what I thought. Yeah, man, that's quality. Straight off the spaceship, you know. Like that's what FPL is for me. And I love that people like yourself, Quentin, and Matt, you know. Uh, and when you come here to Melbourne, mate, we'll take you to Nando's because that's where everyone from the spaceship goes to eat. <laughs> All right, grande paella, that's what I'm talking about. Um, we'll sit down and we'll be able to have this chat, right? We could actually do a, we could do a, a filmed podcast, like a live podcast, um, and it'd be quality, you know, it'd be unreal, and it'd just be chat like this, you know? And it's nothing to do with, well, look, you know, 30% of people own Bernardo Silva, so you've got to have him. You know, Bernardo Silva is probably the, the number one thing that's taught me most about FPL this season is looking at the game and going, mate, Man City's midfield is rotational. Bernardo has been the player of the month last last month. Let's put him in. Let's see what happens. You know, he's not a defensive mid, right? He plays six, eight, 
10. Sometimes yep. he plays false nine. So when you're looking at that, and then also you have other injuries and things like this, like you can go deep into it, but Bernardo Silva is just a world-class player. So why not pick him? You know, that's, and I know you take punts that are similar, you know? So yeah. that's like, how, well, yeah, sorry, go on. No, nah, I fully agree. I was just sort of looking on average this year, my template rating on that FPL live has been about 58%. So I've been sitting. So you've been half template. That's pretty cool. So as I said to Matt, I I like to take a punt. It doesn't always work out, but you're going to be more excited, say, if you pick a play that's 4% owned. Yes. And he hauls than going with 95% of people on a, on a player and, and they get like five points. Well, that's then that's the other side to this, right? Is because look at okay, so now Dennis has actually had an unbelievable season, but to the FPL community right now, no one wants to touch Dennis because of last week. <laughs> he needs because, to be. Uh, what's that scene of um, Game of Thrones where everyone rings the bell and you just say shame, oh, shame, <laughs> shame. <laughs> yeah, man. Like it's, it's it's actually ridiculous because like the fact that people are like, oh my god. Take hits, bring everyone in, negative 24. I've got eight Watford players in my team. Well, why? <laughs> I just Johnny didn't understand Smith it. playing defensive midfielder, mate. He's got an XG of about 0.006. Yeah. Oh, man, I didn't understand it. And to be <laughs> honest, I kind of learnt this lesson, like, with Bowen. It was a nice way to learn it, right? Because you still managed to get away with it. But the first game I'm watching, and number one, I like Lanzini. There's actually stats out. Manuel Lanzini is one of the best dribblers in the Premier League. And I'm not talking about ball carries or this or that. Like, it's actually how many times when he takes possession of the ball, how many touches he takes, and therefore it credits to a dribble. And then what happens after that? So if it's a pass, a shot, a cross, does he retain possession? In terms of those stats, Lanzini's incredible. Second, he's Argentinian. Love Argentina, mate. What a mate, place. He, he's the second best Argentinian in the Premier League behind um, McAllister. <laughs> well, look, I'm sure there's people that will have a... Uh, there's a different podcast for that, you know. There's someone about to argue with you about that. Um, uh, I, I really... Like, if I knew nothing about FPL, I would have picked Lanzini because I would have gone, oh, yeah, two game weeks, let's bring Lanzini in. But I didn't, and I listened, and I went Bowen. In the second game week, it paid off. Yeah. But that first game week, I was like, oh, man, I've been caught by the hype. And it's not that Bowen's a bad pick, because Bowen's a great pick. Bowen's, he's electrifying. Every time I watch him, I'm like, I wanted to take him out this week, but now I have to leave him in again, right? He's even, he's the supreme on the eye test at the moment, Bowen. He's, he's incredible. But it's about the hype. And it's about jumping on these players, you know, Havertz, Lukaku, Ronaldo, um, I was about to say Harry Kane. There's been no Harry Kane hype. Um, I'm apart, hyping Harry Kane. Apart from up, maybe his... Uh, me and his Matt are hyping each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it, it, right? Apart from maybe his hat-trick for England, right? When he scored those, goal, those goals for England uh, in the international break. Um, you know, the, these hypes and these... Um, where everyone pushes all these players. I also feel like, you know, it leads into that effective ownership conversation and so everyone jumps on this player and then if it does poorly then everyone does poorly if it does well then everyone does well so it's no, really no different 
The double game weeks are horrible for this kind of stuff because you're caught in a... It's like a catch-22. It's like, well, look, if I don't bring him in, I take a, a huge risk. If I do bring him in, I know it's a risk because they've been underperforming anyway. Um, and I think, you know, that, that... Yeah, if you can remove that hype, if you can just make those choices or, or um, you know, not... Yeah, be authentic with it, you know? Like, actually, watch the games, play the players you enjoy watching play because if they do poorly you're like ah so be it I like this player anyway if they do well then you're like ah told you as a razzler (laughs) like like that's the kind of um that's the kind of mentality that follows it you know and you're 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 exactly right you know that's why we started talking about this part of it because if you go with the with the the hype and it does poorly you're like oh man why do I listen to these people you know then you start getting all emotional um Whereas if you go the other way, you make a pick, even if it does poorly, you're like, oh, well, you know, I made the pick. Yeah. And as I said, that's how I play a PLI. I, yeah, uh, you got it. You got it. Board. So like, I might just do a bit of a disclaimer. Um, I'll let a secret out into the community right now. Um, it is quite a lot of work doing the eye test because every week I'll watch mm-hmm. all the games sort of – the games that I don't watch live, I'll watch – nine-minute packages of, and then if I'm looking at a player in a certain game, I'll watch the 26-minute package so I can get a better, I guess, a better look at that player. So if I'm looking at a differential yeah. pick, I'll go to that game and I'll either watch the full game or I'll watch like a 21-minute game and then get a notepad out and, and write down points and then go have a look at the stats and the XG and then kind of mix Don't it you, together. You do the notes and everything. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it is quite time-consuming, but no, that's nice. the type of pot I've wanted to do is where I'll watch football, and then what I see, I'll just write down, and that that's going to be sort of my analysis type thing. Yeah, I like it. No, I like that. I think I'm, I'm all for that. Um, like obviously, I watch a lot of the games, um, much like yourself as well, unless I'm really into the players or I want to see a certain player, I won't watch 90 minutes. Um, I'll watch 90 minutes of City. I watch 90 minutes of Liverpool, like the players that I have playing, I'll try and watch the 90 minutes. Um, yeah. But other than that, yeah, like, look, let's be honest, you know, the Burnley game, Burnley-Watford, or, or what was it, the nil-nil? Was it Burnley-Watford or was Watford and who? No, yeah, Burnley-Watford. Burnley, yeah, I didn't even watch it, mate. I didn't even do the three-minute highlights, you know. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I'm yeah. actually going to go back and watch the nine-minute video just because I want to look at uh, Workhorse or however you say his name. I'm just going to call him the horse. What do you want to see him do, man? I just want to see how he looked. He's just going to chest the ball down and play it backwards. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm just – yeah, I'm going to nickname the horse. (laughs) I'm already having yawn. No. I literally had not seen any highlights of the game, so I'm going to go back and just want to have a look at the horse, see how he went. I might get on to our next question is – Top five evidence slash villa assets to consider. Um, Everton Villa. Probably, yeah, so I'm going to go Richarlison, Watkins, yep. Coutinho, Luca Dean, and Bundia, I guess. But yeah, definitely those are probably the only one. I'm probably only considering Richarlison at the moment from Everton. What about you, fellas? Oh, do they want combined five then or is this five yeah sort of just five uh, assets that you would probably look at out of two teams it's tough isn't it um i'm gonna go dinier number one um buendia number two coutinho number three um 
it's tough because I've got Watkins in my own team and I want to say him, but he's not been <laughs> scoring. He's not been scoring the goals. Daniel knows that as well because he's got Watkins too. Maybe um, he's due. He's due. He is due. I think he's due, but I, I'm just not going to pick him <laughs> right now because I'm liking, um, I'm liking Digne. I'm liking the idea of Buendia, um, and I'm liking uh, Coutinho there now. And then Everton. I want to go Deli Alley. Yeah. Um, oh yes. Him. <laughs> I just looking at him right. I know he's been you know again another Spurs player, but this isn't this isn't bias at all. This is a player that needs a change. He needs a yeah, he needs yeah. a fresh start. He had to he had to go. And it's you know the thing is he's now gonna be at a club that there's no expectation now to finish even in the top half right now. They need to just get points on the board. Survive mate, that's what they survive. Need. You know, Lampard, if you're gonna pick a player that Deli Ali played like, prime Deli Ali at Spurs, was so similar to Lampard. He arrived late in the box. Score goals. Um, Lampard would even did a, peak, a few pieces on him on Sky Sports where he said, "If I'm going to pick," and Lampard even said it openly. This is in 2017, saying Deli Ali is very similar to the way I played, um, arriving late in the box, and then he's happened to make him his what, second signing at Everton, and it was a permanent move as well. Six point two million. Um, the last sort of Spurs game that he did play, um, that. We played in the Southampton game only for an hour, but he played in the Liverpool game at home and uh, we drew 2-2, but he played very, very well in that game. And I think at Everton, he'll just have a bit more licence to play, a lot more freedom. So I'm back in Deli Alley in fourth. Um, and then fifth, I wanted to say Richarlison and I wanted to say Calvert-Lewin, um, but strikers just aren't doing it for me this season. So I'm going to say... Um, Damari Gray because for five and a half million can't go wrong I think ticks a lot of the boxes um, you know so it's hard to really you can't not put Gray in there for me just he's just been so like he's just a, a useful player to kind of have when he's got a good fixture but yeah that's my four and I'm going to back I'm, I'm going to keep the Deli Alley one in there I just think when he does get a run of games um, he'll find where he'll score goals um, might not be the Deli Alley of you know, 18 Premier League goals or, you know, those those sort of thing, stats. But I think, you know, he'll have the odd game where grabs a goal, might grab a double, um, you know, and he, he'll pick up points, I think, under Lampard. And he's one that's going to be on my radar, probably more so for either the double game weeks or um, or next season. He's on my he's on my thoughts for next season. No, I don't mind uh, the old Fifty Shades of Damari Gray, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm liking um, Deli Alley to sort of Lingard where the fresh start, hmm. you know, you saw how he went last season. So very similar. Def- definitely be someone to look at and at that cheap price. You know, he's a discount on what he could be. So what 1. about 2% you? One point two percent owned. One point two percent owned. Anyway, go on, Dan. Um, Coutinho. You have to have him. Have to. If if you don't have Coutinho. The spaceship just closes in front of you when you rock up. <laughs> it's not open, mate. Um, Coutinho, Richarlison. Um, I like Deli Ali as well. I think Deli Ali is a great shout. I actually thought that Deli Ali was going to start playing a lot more at Spurs. There was a, I think it was FA Cup game. I want to say FA Cup game. And I actually, like watching it back, I was like, wow, he's getting into great positions. That's the Liverpool game. Cr- There's a Liverpool game. Yes, was it was. That's right. Well. Yeah. 
That's right. It was a Liverpool game. Yeah, which was yeah, it wasn't a cup game. No, but someone who had who had someone had COVID or Liverpool were depleted, weren't they? Yeah, like they had so a few Spurs. missing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Spurs. That's right. Um. Yeah. That that game. He just. He managed. He was getting into the box. He was in good positions. He's finding himself in scoring positions. He probably could have had a couple of goals. He also created a couple that could have ended up in goals, more goals. Um, I actually thought he was going to go from strength to strength, um, but then he just—I don't know—just didn't get back in the team again, which was uh, strange, you know, from from my uh, from my point of view. So I will go. Yeah, Coutinho, Richarlison, Deleale, um, Matty Cash. Yeah, not a bad chance. More so than Dinier, though. Um, I don't know about more so than Dinier. Dinier looked really good, obviously, in the last couple of games when we've been watching him um, since he's come in from Everton. But I think Matikash, he's just he's just been there, hasn't he? He's, he's He was linked with Atletico Madrid, didn't get the move. I actually thought they were going to swap him and money for uh, Suarez because I know Gerard Jar- wanted to bring Suarez in and he would have definitely been in the uh, in the select um, but yeah, look, no Suarez is there. Um, and my last one will probably be, uh, just thinking now. Yeah, I, I was going to say Ollie Watkins, but I can't because he's Michael just, Keane. he's really upset me. Yeah, it, it's really not. Van der Beek or Gray. It's more likely going to be Robbie Keane than, than Michael Keane. <laughs> um, Van der Beek or Gray. Uh, no, neither. I think it'd have to be tomorrow, Gray. Actually, yeah, it'd have to be, wouldn't it? Yeah, he's. Nah. Um, I think he's been excellent. But I left out. Look, Buendia's not in there either. You know, I didn't say Buendia, and I really like Buendia. Um, Danny Ings. Oh, yeah. he's, he's he's not playing though, is he? No. Which is he strange great, because great he was their he was. signing. He was their yeah. signing for this season. You know, he was um, he was the man because who oh, was it? Southampton before he came to there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he's. Just scoring for fun. And then he, you know, I think in his first game for Aston Villa, he just, you know, bicycle kicks for fun. He come in looking like Danny Pele, you know. <laughs> and um, and then he got an injury and now it's like it's he's finding it tough to get back in, which I think is strange because I reckon he's a great striker. Um, yeah, so five. Let's, let's re- just recap quickly. Coutinho, Richarlison, Dele Alley. Um, uh, Alley or Alley? Ali, I should say Ali, shouldn't yeah, I? Ali. Uh, whatever, yeah, man, I've, called, I've called Digne Digne on this podcast, so. Oh, Digne, yeah. Oh, oh, oh Digne. I think he, he was a character on Hey Hey, it's Saturday, wasn't he? Um, um, Who did I go with, Cash? or Matt uh, Cash? Michael Keane, I think it was. <laughs> and and no. Damari Gray. We'll go with, yeah, we'll go with that. Richarlison, <laughs> uh, sorry, Coutinho, Richarlison, Deli Ali, um, Matty Cash and um, oh my god, man, I'm forgetting Demario Gray. Done. done. <laughs> right. Uh, next question we got up is which of the newest signings will be first in your FPL team? Um, I might just Could. say Coutinho. <laughs> done. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't count, mate. He's uh, already played a game. I'm looking at uh, Bruno Gamares as a bit of a, a punt for Newcastle's little run of fixtures if he continues to play more advanced, but. I'm going to need the a only, sample size. The only, the only thing, thing about Bruno... Look, I could bring him in. I have the money. The only thing about Bruno, though, he is a 5.0. That's quite Gucci. You know, Fred's 4.9. Mate, F- Fred's going to be 
in the death ring, the ring of death, with Mick Tominay fighting for that last spot. And I reckon they'll just both knock each other out and they'll have Absolutely to start Absolutely not. Else. Mate, Fred Cops, he got so much <laughs> bad press. Do you know, Mick Tominay tackled Pogba in the FA Cup. <laughs> yeah. He yeah, I him. thought you were joking and I uh, when I watched no. the replay. And, um, you yeah, watched no, the game, he, he tackled him. Pogba tried to, to shake off two defenders and was tackled in the end by McTominay. I'm not going <laughs> to say any more about that. Great defense, mate. We're stopping our own team. Um, what about you, mate? Yeah. yeah look, obviously, we had some of the earlier ones. I think Benton you know, Kerr actually looked good as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah Benton Kerr. He looked very good. Um, look, I'm going to say for me, I think maybe the likes of Digne. Um, but if we're going to move more sort of like deadline day type of time, because Digne feels like a, a long time ago, even though it was only a couple of weeks ago, um, I'm going to look at um, yeah the likes of, I think, Deli Alley and, and Van Der Beek because of, you know, the double game weeks, uh, the Lampard sort of manager bounce kind of effect where, you know, they might bounce a few results. Um, and... Or just bounce to relegation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking a couple of those. Yeah, Digne, the, the couple of Everton players, are probably my sort of favourites. And um, maybe the, um, uh, the was it Kulusevski for the other Juve player, oh, potentially. Yeah. Um, good, yeah. Obviously, with all the double game weeks that Spurs have got. But again, you know, it's um, that will just depend on how many minutes how many minutes he's going to get, but um, it sounds like he can play in many positions. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of the ones I'm keeping my eyes out on. I'd like to say Diaz, but um, I just think there's too many other Liverpool options that you need instead. So, um, yeah, probably the, the Villa options, Everton and mm. maybe Kula, Kuluzeski, but, yeah, probably the Villa and the Everton ones are the, are the only ones. Wakehorst for Burnley, yeah, he's got a lot of games, but, yeah, I just think it's... Are you talking about the horse? Yeah, he isn't scoring many. He isn't scoring many goals, is he? If Chris Wood wasn't scoring goals there this season, what's this guy going to do? Like, it's um, yeah. I think it's. I don't think it's. Worth, I don't think it's. Worth, it's not a bad sort of placeholder third striker that you kind of bring in. You play him on the doubles, but he's probably got a chance again. You know, Mate, four points or bookings or whatever. I just don't see the point. Is Chris Wood with a better haircut and a bit of uh, <laughs> bit of finesse, a bit taller? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, might get into the next question, which is, is there an FPL player that you've never seemed to have any luck with? Um, huh. oh, probably Aubameyang. I, I got on the wrong time last season with him, and I did the same thing this season. So I'd say probably Aubameyang. What about you, Matt? Oh, it's got to be Calvert-Lewin. Like, Calvert-Lewin last season. I know he's only really been prominent in the last couple of seasons but last season he obviously started really really well um in fpl when he went on that run of goals and he was in everyone's teams and i just didn't didn't get on him because i just didn't think he was going to carry it on and then by the time i got him in he then stopped scoring goals and then this season he started off the season really well got injured i bring him back and then since he's come back we obviously know what's happened and now he's got a bit of a knock so it's got to be calvert lewin um, in the last couple of years. Um, and then if we're talking kind of long-term, hmm, maybe De Bruyne, you know. <laughs> this probably sounds a bit crazy, but maybe De Bruyne, because I just feel like every time... He'd had that one really good season a couple of years ago where his assists were ridiculous, his goals were good, but for his price point, 
I find every time I've kind of owned him, he's never really, he's never really done it. He's never really got those sort of, you know, for that price, you're expecting double digit scores at least two or three times a month. And yeah, it just hasn't always done it for me. So it's going to probably be, yeah, Calvert-Lewin for the last couple of years. And then, you know, sort of the last five or six years, uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Um, yeah, every time I've kind of owned him, it's never really had any kind of big memorable scores. What about you, D10? Lukaku. Oh, yeah, that's a great, that's a good shout for this season for sure. Straight, just like it, there was so much hype, and then when I brought him in, just got a you know, couple of pairs. That was it, <laughs> mate. I brought him in. Uh, I think it was the night before he got injured. <laughs> <laughs> That's I unfortunate. I, sp- I spent like an hour on the pod talking of Ollie, and I'm like. I don't believe in doing early transfers, but then I kind of was persuaded. And then that night at like 11 o'clock, I transferred him in. And then I think 4 a.m. He he was out. Got You got the hype, mate. The hype got you. And then I took a, I took a minus four that week. So I got Lukaku and, uh, and Alonso in and Alonso got benched and Lukaku got injured. So it was good. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, mate. Lukaku is the one, man. Honestly, because then shout. after after him, obviously Ronaldo. Um, there was a lot of hype around like Jaden Sancho, Varane. Then there was hype around Lukaku, and then the biggest hype was Ronaldo. But at least Ronaldo scored a few goals. Um, yeah. Can I can I chime in with a question here? Matt Matt's just liked it. Yep. It's from FPL. I don't know how to say how to say this name. You guys might have to. Help me out, but I I would say FPLE who. Yep. Would you say it like that? Yep. I think, I think so. so. FPL who? Yeah. FPL who? Yeah. FPL who? Yeah. Sorry if we said it wrong, man. You can correct us later. Um, how much of a factor is razzling ability in picking players for your FPL team? Now, I love this question, and I'll tell you why. Because. You have a Razzler, they're always a probability that they can score, that they can assist, that they can do something at any time in the game. The best example of this this season is Rafinha. Now, I've been on Rafinha since game one, game week one, and I think Matt and I had him for a little for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then everyone kind of like had him for a bit and then went off him. They got rid of him. And he was scoring goals. He's getting assists. He was doing elasticos and then scoring penalties. Like, it was just, it was hilarious. And he was solely in the team, in my team, in my FPL team, solely in there because number one, he can do the elastico. Number two, every time he gets the ball, he does that fake kick. I love it. You know when he does the fake shot? Like he just kicks, look like he's going to kick the ball and, and the ball stays still and he stands there, like throws his leg over the ball. I love it. And then third, Brazilian. So he has to go on your team. <laughs> these these players, like in terms of razzling ability, like if they're very good players on the ball, like Mares is another one. If Mares plays, he's going to do something. He's like even in the first four game weeks, 
I, don't, I think he started one game, but I still got points from him in the first four game weeks because he'd come off the bench and get an assist or a goal. It was just, it's, I don't know. For me, I think it's, it's ridiculous, but I know that people, um, you know, put their faith in other players. But a, a good player is a good player. End of the day. That's yeah. that's how I feel about it, you know. And obviously, I'm a, I'm a novice in FPL, mate. I don't I don't claim to be uh, anyone that is really excelling at FPL or that is you know knowledgeable with FPL because I understand there is uh, in intricacies, yeah, intricacies, and there's also like you know different parts quirks to FPL that you need to be aware of in order to be a good player. I'm not aware of those, but mate, I would say I pick my eleven players all on razzling ability. Even Ollie Watkins, when I brought him in, since bringing him in, he's done no razzling. He hasn't even been the diet razzle. He's been no razzle. He's, he is razzle zero. He's like a Coke zero. So when I saw him playing, playing against Man City, he was unreal. Getting the ball, turning, turning players, like against Diaz, against um, I think it was John Stones at the time. Or might have been, maybe Stones was injured, might have been Laporte. But turning players, getting in behind, he could dribble, he was having shots. I was like, mate, it's like this guy. Then I went and looked at the FDR and I was like, sorry, the uh, fixture, fixture list for those playing at home. Um, <laughs> I went and had a look and I was like, mate, this guy's going to destroy it. This guy's going to get 30 goals in his next five games. It just didn't happen. It didn't happen, you know? So sometimes. Yeah, you, you can see the razzle, but yeah, it just just doesn't happen like that, mate. Football, what can we do? Yeah, no, there's this. I definitely agree. There's different types of razzles. Like, I mean, there's mentioned on an earlier pod this year with uh, Traore. He's like, um, if Blue Balls was an FPL player, lots of razzle shows potential, but look, and then just doesn't have an end product. He is not a razzler. Mate, did you see him for Barcelona, mate? Razzle. Yeah. Of course I did. There was no razzle. Someone tried to tell me that he did an elastico. That's not an elastico, mate. <laughs> mate, he's My nonna did that elastico, mate. My nonna could do that elastico. That was not an elastico, all right? Look, he is extremely quick, extremely strong, very hard to stop when he's running with the ball. But he will not stand still. Like, I'm talking about those players that have that ability to stand a player up, move slowly with the ball. Like, Grealish does it, right? Grealish has got razzle. But he's kind of like, he's obviously playing within the system now. But there's a reason why Pep Guardiola brought him in in the first place. Because he's so ridiculously good on the ball. Like, why wouldn't Pep bring in Adama Traore? You'd you'd think it would make sense, right? Too many biceps in the change room, mate. They didn't need any more. Yeah, it's true. You, you you can't have your filler biceps, that's true. But he is like um he's like a firecracker, you know, you, you light it up, let it go, and it's just like it's all over the place. And then you're like, you know, it, it can you know like those firecrackers that you light, um and then they this happened when we were in Europe and that you light them and they get to the point and it's like, is it gonna go? Is it done? And it just goes just fizzle out. That's Nothing Traore. happens. Yeah, that's Traore, man. But sometimes <laughs> it, it'll ignite and it goes bang. And you're like, wow, look at that. You're like, it's just so, like, he's so unpredictable. Whereas if you look at a player like Mares, 
you know that minimum he's going to keep the ball. Minimum he's going to keep the ball, you know. He'll make a smart pass. He'll dribble backwards, sideways. He always makes space, gets a cross in. Uh, he finds himself in positions 1v1 isolation. Like, players aren't running to close him down. It's uh, That, for me, is the difference. That's the difference between... You, like you've got someone that's just so quick and strong, speedster, and then you've got Razzler. I think Razzler, Razzler for me, it's almost like it gets your foot in the door, but then you need to see something with the Razzler. Like you just can't have a player in your FPL team that just sits there and does step overs. Like if he does step overs, beats a player, creates a shot, then that's where it comes into it for me. Fair, fair, I, fair. Yeah, I think for me. A lot of players, you know, the best players normally have, you know, the razzle anyway. Um, and they usually in my team, you get some players that are just effective, uh, effective FPL players or effective yep. players. Um, you know, like a Calvert-Lewin when he was on form last season was effective, you know, winning headers, getting in the right place, you know, but he wasn't razzling in terms of, you know, he wasn't doing... You know, wasn't moving. The, I didn't have the, the best feet or anything like that. He was just an effective player, and you kind of have those ones. But if I look at my actual team right now, I've got Son, Razzler, Cancelo, Razzler, Alexander mm-hmm. Arnold. Like he's got to be a Razzler yes. in terms of everything he, has, he can do with the ball. He has Razzler. Um, yep. I've got Bowen, who um, you know he's becoming like he's he's got that he X has factor. Razzle. Um, yeah, he's got he's got a bit about him. I've got Gallagher. No, he's Bowen can young. dribble. Yeah, Bowen, Bowen can, can dribble. dribble. Bowen's um, very good. I've seen Gallagher do some bits this season. Um, yeah, he has actually. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Like the goal he scored against uh, West Ham earlier on in the season, where he did, I think, the little drag back or the Cruyff turn, and um, he yeah, the, turn. the bottom corner. Yeah. yeah, and you know, there's him. Um, Yotta, you know, Portuguese. You know, he can he can take a play. You know, I've got Bruno Fernandez in there still. So you know what. They're all, you know, they're Premier League footballers. They're all very, very, um, very good. But, um, yeah, look, I, I I remember last season, I remember watching Rafinha um, in his early days at Leeds. And I watched him and he scored against Everton at Goodison. And this was a couple of months into the season. And I remember from there, I was like, oh, this guy looks good. And, you know, he dropped a shoulder, he had a step over. And I was like, I put him in. I put him straight in my team, like, the week after and everyone was saying, who's, why have you got Rafinha in? I said, trust me, this guy's going to be good. And, you know, now he's a household name in, in FPL. Um, so yeah, I like to pick players that, that, um, you know, can, cause if, if they can take a player on or they can, you know, drop a shoulder, do a step over, um, you know, they've got the feet, they've got the skills and they're, they're going to be, they're usually very productive players. Um, so I, I, I like to pick it on that. Um, Trin, Trin Sal, Trincao, that was at Wolves. Mm-hmm, um, yep. I think he might be injured now, but he was someone early on that um, he was getting all the right positions. He had all the razzle. He wasn't mm. quite getting the FPL points, but, you know, there's a lot of um, that, That's I think half the eye test is, um, you know, is based on razzlers because you're picking players that look that, <laughs> that are yeah. good to watch. Um, but it's also with, with, with Trin Sal, like he, he's... Obviously, he didn't bring the points, but there's always that moment that it could have gone either way. Oh, yeah. yeah. He could have had points, you know, and it's not for not being in good positions. 
<laughs> he, hit the cro- he hit the crossbar about two or three times. Mm. Um, and he had chances. Actually, I'm just having a look now, and he has been playing again lately, but he's been in and out of the team. But, um, yeah, I like to pick my team best in that. And then I also have, you know, a couple of mainstay players, one or two, you know, players that just set and forget for the season, Salah, a goalkeeper. Um, and then I like to pick set-piece. I, I traditionally always used to pick my team based on set-piece takers as well, um, you know, and, and like that. But, yeah, I think picking... You know, Reza's are good to watch. If you play on the eye test, you're going to have a number of them in, and you know most of the best players are wrestlers. So, um, yeah, mm. I think it's I think it's a good tactic. <laughs> <laughs> well, that about wraps up the pod this week. Um, for all us, for all our uh, articles, I've just started. I think I'm nearly halfway through doing the the team uh, team reviews for this season so far. Very time-consuming, uh, but I should have the rest out by the end of the week, possibly. But head, head over to our Twitter, FPL underscore amateur underscore Oz. And for all of D10's Razzle Talk uh, videos, just decent banner, head over to his Twitter at D10Football. <laughs> and all of Matt's uh, Spurs analysis, head over to Addicts <laughs> underscore FPL. Um, thanks for coming on, guys. It's been good. It's uh, a longer pod, but as I said today, um, we'll try to keep it short. But when us three are talking, it's uh, I don't think it's ever going to be too short. No, it just just goes, doesn't it? But thanks again for having me. Yeah, thanks. No. Thanks. It's been uh, been a good pod. No, definitely. And head over to Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, and check out our podcast. And remember, um, review at five star rating, even though you. If you don't enjoy it, someone else might that hasn't heard us yet. So it's uh, we sort of rely on people's word of mouth to sort of get more interest for our podcast because I think that we are quite entertaining, do talk a lot of shit, but it's uh, always entertaining. But And also I might just uh, shout out to the FPL Social that's on next weekend in Melbourne. Uh, for our overseas guests who can't make it, um, they'll be live streaming, so definitely worth Uh, tuning in and uh, getting involved I think they'll be doing questions and lots of other good stuff and uh, good luck